You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 66. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, I'm Monica Louie, and welcome to episode 66. Thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. Today, I have a super special guest with me, but this is not just another guest interview. I am so excited to welcome one of my longtime team members to the show today. Together, we're going to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I've grown my business and my team over the last few years. My current business has been around for just over three and a half years, but we've had super fast growth in that short time. My first year of business, I came just shy of hitting six figures. And in my second year of business, I more than doubled my revenue and have been growing ever since. And while I just said I and my, what I really mean is we and our. While I'm the owner of the business, as you'll hear in today's episode, I have been intentional about growing my team right from the start. And I truly believe that I would not be where I am today in business without the incredible support and collaboration of my team of rock stars. Now, if you're new to the podcast and don't know me yet, let me welcome you and share just a little bit about my business. I'm Monica Louie, and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ads strategist. I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six and seven figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than two and a half million dollars in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. While I absolutely love teaching about Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. And hiring top talent to support you and your business is a huge part of scaling. If you listened to last week's episode with my good friend, Kayla Sloan, then you heard us discuss best practices for finding the right team members, what shouldn't be left out of your hiring process, and more. And if you haven't listened to it yet, then after you finish listening to this episode, I encourage you to do so at monicalouie.com slash 65. Today, we're continuing that theme, and I thought it would be fun to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I've grown my business and my team over these last few years. Instead of me sharing all the juicy details by myself, I invited one of my longtime team members to join me for this conversation. My guest today is Sierra Robertson. Sierra is my content manager, copywriter, and so much more. Since we're a small business, many of my team members and I wear multiple hats. Here's a little bit about Sierra. Sierra Robertson is a not-so-recent college grad, a young wife and mom of two, and a copywriter. When she isn't snuggling babies, walking her dog, or knitting up a storm, she's composing email newsletters and sales pages by metaphorical candlelight. Sierra is passionate about building relationships with every word she writes and loves taking her client's voice and amplifying it to the world. And as you'll hear in the interview, Sierra and I love working together and are proud of the work we do. While we wanted to peel back the curtain to show you how we work here on Team Flourish, 
We also wanted to make this episode really actionable for you as you grow your team and your business. So in this episode, Sierra and I share how our team and the business has changed over the years, how we overcome challenges on our team, our top tips for building your team, and resources that have helped us successfully grow our team and scale our business, and of course, a whole lot more. Before we dive in, I want to make sure that you know you can find all the links and resources that we mentioned today in the show notes at monicalouie.com slash 66. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E.com slash the number 66. All right. Here is my conversation with Sierra Robertson, one of my Team Flourish rock stars. Sierra Robertson, thank you so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. So I already said a little bit about, you know, who you are and why you're joining me today, but can you share, you know, what does your role look like today on Team Flourish? Today, I am your internal marketing manager. So I manage all of the content that we produce here for Team Flourish. So newsletter every week, social content, the podcast every week. And those are the, I would say those are the three biggest areas of kind of external facing content that I produce for you. And then I also manage the customer service inbox and I do a lot of kind of team admin support. So I work with you to manage the rest of the team and other initiatives that we have going. And then whenever we're preparing for a launch or something like that, I help produce not just the the content plan, and then I also compose all of the content for any like promotions or new products that we're offering. I do a lot of sales page copy for you, things like that. Pretty much anything that's communicated in your voice, I compose. Yes. And we work together on. And so you've been an instrumental part of the team for Thank you. the last couple of years. That's why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And so we can, you know, kind of talk about what is working in our business, what our team looks like and, you know, how it has changed over the years. So, you know, last week on the podcast, I talked with Kayla Sloan, who used to be a member of Team Flourish. And she is really an expert in helping people find their best VAs, their new hires for their team and growing their team. So we talked a lot about that. But today we want to talk about the behind the scenes of how our team works and how it has grown so quickly and how the team has grown so quickly. So before we dive into that, let's talk about you know how you and I met and started working together because it's kind of an interesting story. Yeah. So I joined the team in July of 2018. So I just celebrated my second anniversary on the team. Uh, we're recording in mid-August. So I've been with you for just over two years, but I feel like my story and how I came to know you starts way back in 2016 when I was getting married. I had, after college, I had been working a couple of different jobs, some of them kind of related to the marketing area. And I ended up um, working for a social media marketing company. And I came to know a lot more about social content and how to compose a lot of organic copy. Um, I knew that at our company, we did as well manage a lot of ads too, but I didn't really touch that side of the business. I was a community manager. And so that's where I came to really know a lot more about social media and how that works for marketing purposes and building community and building connections with people. And at the time I lived in the Seattle area and that was a very long drive into work. And so that role didn't really fit for me for my lifestyle. I was getting married and looking forward to that next chapter of my life. So I left that job at the end of the summer and 
my husband was very supportive and very excited once we got married. He really wanted to encourage me to start my own business and work from home. And so that's how I came to start to dabble a little bit in social media. And I was doing a lot of organic copywriting for, you know, how you do when you first start, you like a friend of a friend and then their friend and then somebody else, then you kind of get a couple of connections. And so that was late 2017. And then I was working for a client who ended up hiring you in spring of 2017, back when you were a Facebook ads coach. And so I got to sit in on those meetings with you and I learned so much about the ad side of Facebook. And that was like just mind blowing to me. It was like a whole area of advertising that I like, I knew it existed, but I didn't know anything about it. So I learned a ton from you. I think we had I think we had like a 90 minute session with you and then an hour long session with you following up a couple of weeks later. I learned a ton from you and I joined your email list right away and I continued to follow you for the next year or so, which is how the following spring, so spring of 2018, I heard that you were hiring and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I would love to work for her. She was so cool. She was so knowledgeable. I really wanted to like find out more about that. And so I applied and with the caveat that I was eight and a half months pregnant <laughs> and I got an interview with you and actually I was able to sit down with Kayla, did my preliminary like 15 minute interview at the very beginning of that process. And I got to move forward with you, even though I was at the time expecting. And I said, like, I know you're looking for someone to join the team right away, but like I could have a baby here pretty soon and you were willing to wait for me, which was amazing. And so just a few weeks after... I had my daughter, my first child, I got to join the team and it came on full, well, not full time at that point. I think I came on 10 hours a week as your customer service inbox manager. So I came into the success inbox where we do all of our customer support and not so much client support, mostly just customer support of your course, which you had just launched, I think the previous fall. And that's where I kind of joined Team Flourish and my role has grown and expanded from there. Yeah. So, I mean, that was really cool. I remember when we first started working together in the coaching relationship. So I was working with your client at that time. And then they said, you know, our social media manager, Sierra, is going to come in and actually learn how to manage the ads. So back then, my coaching, Facebook ads coaching was where I would work with clients and teach them how to create and manage their campaigns. So we had a couple of sessions together and I just remember how quickly you caught on and how excited you were. And when it came to actually brainstorming the ads, you were really skilled at copywriting and our ads performed really well. I was really blown away at how well they connected. And that has to do, you know, partially with the offer as I talk about, but also with the great ads that, you know, we all we work together to to put together. So that was really fun. And then I would see you, you know, like my Facebook post or like my Instagram post or something, you know, after that. I thought that was really nice. And then when you applied, I remember the interview and I thought you would be great because I had that experience with you in, you know, teaching you how to create campaigns. I thought that you would come in, you know, and pick things up really quickly on the ad side of the business. 
But then because there was that delay of you coming on, we filled the ads role, but we did see a need for the admin side where we needed help with managing the email and social media eventually. And so that's where we were like, you know, if you're willing to kind of, you know, shift what you were actually applying for, then, you know, we can make the time frame work. So, and here we are, you know, over two years later, and now you've had your second child <laughs> just a few months ago. And so it's become a great relationship. So that's why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and share more about you know how our team has evolved. Yeah, I feel very grateful for the opportunity to get to work with you because that was, I mean, I would have loved to be, I'm sure I would be a great ads assistant too. I'm sure I would have been great in that role as well, but I am so grateful for the opportunity I've had to get to work with you and to be, even though your business had existed for, you know, several years before I came to be on the team, I really feel like I got to kind of come in on the ground floor and participate in something that I could very much see from the very beginning that there was like a meteoric rise coming. And if I hitched my cart to that horse, I'd be off and going with you on some really, really cool projects. And I saw a lot of opportunity for me to get to develop my personal skills and stuff. And that has absolutely come to be true as I've started working with you and then gone deeper with you over time. I've really been grateful for that opportunity. And yeah, you've seen me through. Uh, let's see. In the time that I've been on the team, I had a baby immediately before joining the team, moved across the state from one side of the state to the other, and moved into a new house. I like there was, you know, we initially landed, moved into one house and then had to move somewhere else. So two house moves in that time and two babies. <laughs> so you've seen me through a lot of my like life experiences and stuff. So I've been very, very grateful to be able to work from home and work on your team and, you know, be in on some really, really cool projects with you. So, Well, and that's really important to me too, because, you know, as, as the audience knows, I have two, you know, youngish kids. They're older than yours now. But mm -hmm. when I first started online, my goal, you know, I had two little bitty kids just like you do now. And my goal was to find, you know, a way to make money from home where I could still help support my family financially. I could have that creative outlet for myself, but also do it on my own terms. And so as I've grown this business and this team, it's always been important to me to you know, understand that there are people out there who want that same kind of flexibility. They have other projects going on. Maybe they have other clients or they have young families like you do. And so they want that flexibility. They don't necessarily want to be tied to a desk for 40 hours a week. And I think that that's kind of the beauty of entrepreneurship is that, you know, we get to make the rules. So I know I don't want to have to work 50 plus hours a week like I did in my corporate job. That was the expectation. And I knew that wasn't going to work for me and my priorities as they were changing with me having you know a growing family and so that's where like I built this business around offering that flexibility to my team members and I know that everybody on the team they really appreciate that too I'm the only you know quote unquote full-time person everybody else works you know some maybe work 10 hours a week some work 20 some work a little bit more but um, everybody has other things going on in their lives. And I think that's just kind of where the world is at this point. <laughs> but I really like that I've been able to instill that in growing the team. So let's talk about a little bit, you know, how the team has changed and evolved over these last... How many years has it been? So I started the business at the end of 2016. So we're approaching four years. It was really, I mean, January of 2017, where I was like, okay, this is my thing. I'm creating a Facebook ads coaching business. So really, we're almost, you know, four years in. And 
back when I first started, I knew I didn't want to be in it by myself. I knew I wanted to feel like I had some kind of support around me. So I ended up hiring a VA, a virtual assistant, just to help me with like little admin stuff. So this was back when my business was brand new. All I was doing, my only offer was that I was coaching clients one-on-one, teaching them just like I did with your client and with you, Sierra, back in the day, um, teaching them how to create Facebook ad campaigns. So we would meet on Skype or Zoom. We would share screens and we'd talk about you know what is the goal of our campaign. And then I would walk them through the process of brainstorming and creating that campaign. And then what to do once it was going, how to test and tweak and change things up, when to adjust budgets and all of that. And that was really fun for me. But I knew that I had big goals <laughs> for my business. So my goal for my first year of business was to hit $100,000 in revenue. And I knew that I wouldn't... Well, I don't want to say wouldn't be able to do that by myself, but I didn't really want to do it by myself. I wanted to feel like I had somebody else who was in it with me. So that's when I hired my first VA. I think she started with me... I want to say it was also January of 2017. And she just did some very like admin level, just getting the business off the ground type things. Like I remember she created my Google Suite account and started setting up, you know, Gmail and the Google Drive and all the things that we we use today every single day in our business. She kind of started, you know, coordinating that and getting all that set up. And this was before I had a website, so I just hit the ground running with my coaching. I didn't even launch the website until June of 2017. But then I'm trying to think about what came next. So then I think as I got closer to launching the website, oh, I remember. So then Carrie, who was on the team, she worked with us for a long time. I remember she did a Facebook Live. She was a friend in the FinCon community. And so I had met her at FinCon a couple years earlier. And I just was amazed. I had followed her blog back in the day. And she did a Facebook Live saying she was thinking about going, like becoming a virtual assistant. And so going back to becoming a virtual assistant, she had done that in the past and then she kind of stopped, but she had this desire to maybe, maybe help businesses grow. And so I reached out to her and I said, you know, I don't know if I have enough work for you to do, but I would like to talk about, you know, us potentially working together. Well, it turns out that that was right at the time that I had launched the website and I was starting to do consistent Facebook lives. But then I had the idea of creating the course, Flourish with Facebook Ads. And so right after I brought Carrie on saying, I don't know if I have a lot of work for you to do, but I, you know, I want to work with you if I can. That's when I decided to create the course. So then that gave us both a lot of work to do. So Carrie was very instrumental in helping me create Flourish with Facebook ads and getting it off the ground, putting all the content. You know, I would produce the content, but she'd help organize it and put it all together. And we created, um, we had somebody else come in and create a website for the course. So now the course is on Teachable. But back then, I wanted... I didn't want my course to look like everybody else's course. And so I wanted it to look more custom. And so I had somebody build the website for to house the course content. And so Carrie kind of helped manage that process as well. So then I... At the same time that I launched Flourish... So this was... September of 2017 when I launched it. I had the idea at the beginning of August 2017. And then I committed to launching it in September. I thought, how hard could that be? Turns out it was a very tight deadline. There was a lot of round-the-clock work to be done. But we did it successfully and Carrie helped kind of manage that process. And then at that same month in September, at the same time that I was launching my online course and changing my business model from being 
just, you know, one-on-one private coaching focus to also supporting students and helping them with a group coaching format, that's when people started reaching out to me to have me manage their ads for them. And so I remember just being kind of in this whirlwind of like, you know, I was used to the one-on-one coaching and having meetings and that was it. Now I, you know, was adding this course component in the mix. And then also because I wanted to work with those businesses that wanted um, me to manage their ads for them, I said, yes. And then that's when I decided I need to figure out how I'm going to do this where I'm not doing all the things. So that's, I think at that point is when I brought Kayla on Kayla from episode 65. And she helped me develop the processes. So Kayla actually was also a former client earlier in the spring of 2017. And she caught on very quickly with uh, creating and managing Facebook ads for her blog. And so I brought her on to do my social media at first. But then when I had this need of helping... Of needing to figure out how to manage ads for our clients, our new clients, that's when Kayla and I worked together to start to develop that process. So that brings us to the fall of 2017. And really over the next several months, Kayla and I worked very closely together. We got a few more clients for ads management. But then really in early 2018, that's when we saw, wow, we can really, you know, we felt like we were really figuring out our processes and and able to we were at a place we felt confident that we could manage ads for other other businesses. So we got our process nailed down where we really felt like we had a good way of doing that with integrity. At first, when I started my business, I was a little shied away from managing ads for other people because I didn't want to pretend to be somebody else. You know, I was nervous that I wouldn't know how to represent their brand in the right way with integrity um, and authenticity. And so that was very important to me. So once Kayla and I kind of figured out how we would do that, that's when we said, okay, I think we're ready to open this up. We're getting a lot of interest for our ads management services. And so then that's when we opened it up to my email list to have people apply for our Facebook ads assistant position. So that was in March of 2018. And that's when we had a couple really great team members join us. We were looking for just one person to help join the team at the time. But we had so many great candidates that we couldn't decide between the two top candidates. So we decided we were growing so fast, we probably should hire and train them at the same time. And that's when Kayla kind of started taking the lead of training them with our processes. And then it was just a couple months later that we opened up again. We said, we're growing so fast, we're getting more clients that we need more people on the team to help manage ads. And that's when Sierra, you came along. Yeah. And then from the time that I've joined the team, we have, oh man, (laughs) thinking way back. So I think you used to do a lot of Facebook live videos as a way of kind of teaching about Facebook ads. And those were kind of phasing out as I was joining the team. And so, you know, I initially joined the team just as a customer service inbox manager. And that eventually grew to include, I think after maybe one or two months, I started doing your social media and starting to compose some of that content, organic content is what I'm thinking of. And then come fall, we decided to do uh, your first challenge. And that was a five-day challenge that I thought went smashingly well. (laughs) It was very exciting. I know that it was something that you found like it just really was thrilling is maybe not the right word, but like you've got a lot of really good energy from that. So we did that in October and then we did right kind of on the heels of that, did another challenge in December. And 
that initial five-day challenge ended up turning into your introductory program. So we took kind of those videos and the pacing of that challenge and turned it into a mini course, basically, your introductory program. So, And then from there, we launched your... I think in March, you and I started meeting to launch your funnel that would take your starter kit and flow into your sales funnel. And so you and I were working really closely together in March on that. And so that's really built up now that that has launched and is live and it's been running since uh, spring of 2019, I think that has been a really nice source of kind of passive income isn't the right word because obviously you and I work on it and we make updates to it and we revise things and, and whatnot. But it's you know been a more consistent source of that, of bringing people into the course and coming to get them acquainted with you. And then, so that's spring of 2019, we launched that. And then we did a big website rebrand. And what else has been going on? Um, 2020 has been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the website rebrand, that was actually also in, oh gosh, we started it, we started it second quarter of 2018. And then it was like published, you know, live September of 2018. Yes, yes. Okay, I remember that. And I remember also that, I think right after I joined, I got the sense very much that it was a huge, uh, making sure, you know, monitoring the inbox was a huge weight off of Carrie's shoulders because she immediately pivoted and spent all her time moving you from your previous course platform to Teachable because we made that migration right after I arrived. I remember you guys working really hard (laughs) on getting all of the course content moved over to Teachable. Yes, we had actually... So talking about the course, before we moved it to Teachable, so we, as I said, we custom built or had somebody custom built the course website on WordPress with a specific plugin. And then a few months later, then we switched it over to another plugin and Carrie managed that whole process. But then we still had some issues. There was just... It was just some... It wasn't a very great customer experience. There was like... You know, people mm-hmm. had trouble logging in after they just paid, you know, for the course and then they couldn't access it right away. There was a delay in them getting their login information. And it just wasn't a very good customer experience. And it was a it created a lot of emails and you know, customer support issues for us. And so then we migrated over to Teachable and it was like a switch. Like immediately, I mean, we had no more of those customer service issues that were consistently coming up. And it was just a lot easier to maintain the content in the course. And I mean, we still get some questions from time to time, but it dramatically dropped the customer support side for the course. So for those login issues, which, you know, it should be a seamless process anyway. So that was a huge, a huge project. Man, it's so interesting to think back about all these projects that we've managed. You know, you join the team and we were like, we move fast. <laughs> you know, we're yes. we and it feels like we haven't slowed down a bit because there's always something, you know, we're always working on a project while maintaining the other projects and other balls that we have in the air. And but it's been a lot of fun. I think that it's for me, it's a lot of fun. And for me, I feel like all of these things are important to the business and serving our customers and our clients. But we've also gotten better about, you know, delaying maybe, you know, certain projects where it used to be that we had, you know, a great idea and we're like, okay, let's make that happen. That sounds perfect, you know? And now, ever since we implemented the 12 week year process um, from the book, the 12 week year, Back in, I think it was 2019, we implemented that. That's where we've gotten much more clear on, okay, these are our 
goals, our projects right now. And if it doesn't fit (laughs) with that, if this idea doesn't fit and help support any of these, you know, five-ish goals that we are working on right now, then we need to put it off and maybe address it in our next quote unquote 12 week year i.e. next quarter or you know put it on for later in the year or maybe even next year next calendar year so that's been really helpful in helping us maintain our focus well and i would add to that as well i think not only has that helped us to maintain our focus but it necessitated us building a system for capturing those ideas so that we can can take action on them because a lot of the i mean you have brilliant ideas all the time is one of the things i find most exciting about working with you is that like you see something and you're like, oh, I know exactly how we could implement that. And like these visions just come to you and that, and I get so excited getting to just like be in, in the realm of these, this idea creation and I want to help make it happen. And so we've had to figure out how do we fit goals that matter and things that we really want to do into the plan that we have as it exists. And the 12 week year really helped us to home in on how to break things down into actually achievable steps so that we're accomplishing it. And that, you know, and then it comes that that we're thinking all the way through the project before we even get started and actually piecing it out to like, okay, who's going to take on these aspects of this project and who's going to take on these things and what steps are dependent on other people, right? So like, I felt like the 12 week year was really instrumental in helping us processize a project to make it actually achievable and doable and to get it to that level and standard that, we expect on Team Flourish, we work to a very, very high level of excellence. I think we were just talking the other day about, um, I think Brooke Castillo has a thing about being, just putting out B minus work and you and I both are like, B minus. <laughs> Why do B minus when you could just go for A plus? <laughs> like maybe an A minus if we're trying to get it out the door quick, but come on. <laughs> but we maintain a very high level of excellence on our team and a really high standard for all the touch points that we provide to our customers. And like you said, in that migration to Teachable, a large part of that was because we wanted our customers and all of our students to have this really seamless process where they feel like the focus is on them learning Facebook ads, not on them learning our system, not on them right. communicating with me in the inbox. Like that, That's a distraction for them. So we want to make sure that it is as smooth and comprehensible for them to get in on it so that they can really just focus on getting really, really great content out of our courses. So all of that to say that we also had to build a process around how do we archive and save these ideas that we have so that we can pace them out, like which things should come in what order to make sure that they're serving our larger goals. And for me, I feel like being in on those planning sessions and really like every quarter we sit down for at least two hours at a time to go through what our 12-week year plan is going to be for the next quarter. And we really talk through which initiatives on a high level, like four or five items are most important. And we've got kind of visibility goals where you're going, you're going on other people's podcasts or you're attending events back when we were allowed to attend events <laughs> and those kinds of things. And we've got also like our, if we're doing big changes in the course, like we make a big goal out of that. When we were launching the podcast, that was a whole goal. And we really like the 12 week year was instrumental in being able to launch this podcast because if we didn't have that kind of step-based system for outlining how we were going to get it done and which things we needed to accomplish in order for us to say, yes, we're ready to publish, I don't know that we would have been able to pull it off, but we did in a 
remarkably short time. <laughs> yes, that was another tight deadline. So the course, you know, creating the course, creating and launching the course was a very tight turnaround because I was very ambitious with what was involved in actually doing that. And then the podcast, I had the idea for a podcast, I think. I think probably, you know, ever since I started listening to podcasts, it maybe was in the back of my mind of maybe one day I would have my own podcast someday, you know, someday down the road, maybe I would have my own podcast. Well, when I started working with Pat Flynn, first he was um, one of my Facebook ads coaching clients in early 2018. We worked together. And then right after that, so that was January, February of 2018. Then in March of 2018, I was accepted into his SPI Accelerator program. And uh, I was one of 12 people accepted. This is his high-level mastermind and coaching program. And so I was so just... I mean, my business was just over a year old at that point. And I was just thrilled <laughs> that I was you know, accepted into this program. So anyway, so as I you know, got to work with Pat a lot closer, I began thinking like, okay, 2018, I need to start a podcast. I need to have my own podcast. So as we talked about mid-2017, I started doing Facebook Lives. But I felt like you know, if I was going to do that, then I might as well just have my own podcast where people can really you know, binge listen easier. I love... When I find a good podcast, I love to binge listen. So I wanted to produce something that I would want to binge listen to. And so you know, it didn't... Because we didn't have the 12-week year process at that point and we were just kind of like, you know, we have ideas and they will happen when they happen. Then in 2019 when we got much more intentional, we knew that that was something that was going to happen. And so originally we said when we were planning for the year of like, you know, high level what the year would look like, what main goals we were going to hit, we said that the podcast would launch at the end of second quarter. So that meant you know, first Second quarter, quarter 2019. 2019. Yes. Yeah. So the, you know, first quarter, we, I can't remember, we were working on other things. Second we were quarter. We working on the funnel back then. And then we were going to go funnel yes. and then podcast. And then I can't remember what the second half of 2019 yeah. was, but. Well, and so we've said, you know, that was going to launch at the end of 2019, or at least be ready to like launch end of June, 2019 or early July-ish. Like that was our time frame. In second quarter, that was where I was going to focus on, you know, planning and I'm such a planner. And so I like to plan and have everything mapped out and then launching. And then when I had the opportunity to be on Pat's podcast, the Smart Passive Income podcast, and then in that interview, he asked me, he he brought up that I was launching a podcast of my own. I was going through Power Up Podcasting and then I was getting ready to launch my own podcast. He brought it up and I was like, oh my gosh, he mentioned my podcast. That means I have to launch it by the time this episode comes out. So I can't remember exactly when I... Was it April that I did the interview and then the episode was going to come out May May. 23rd. Yeah, May 23rd. And I was like, I have to have the podcast. Or May 29th, May 29th. And then the podcast launched on May 23rd officially. So May 29th, the episode was coming out. And I was like, since we are mentioning the podcast, I have to take advantage of this opportunity to, you know let his audience <laughs> who's listening to my interview on his podcast go find my podcast in iTunes so it has to be live by then so we like we buckled down to make it happen mm-hmm. and we did we launched the podcast May 23rd and i was just so in awe and so proud of us that we did it. So we, I mean, if you want a map to, you know, produce and launch a podcast in a short amount of time, you power up podcasting. I am a huge proponent of that because that's exactly 
the process that we went through and very successfully too. And that's still mm-hmm. the process, the course we revisit anytime there's, you know, a question about like the steps of uploading the new episode or whatever. Anytime there's a question about like, you know, what we need to do, now we kind of have it down. But early on, like every single episode, I was going back to that course as a checklist of like making sure I was hitting all the things to make sure that I was, you know, not going to screw up my publishing the next episode. But anyway, so I was so proud of us for for getting that done and that really, you know, speaks to what you can do when you have a solid team behind you. But I do want to talk about now like, you know, even though we've we've done a lot and it's pretty amazing to look back at like how much we've achieved in this short amount of time and, you know, how fast we've been able to turn things around like as far as you know producing the course and producing the podcast and all of that you know it's not always an easy sailing right we definitely have our challenges so i want to just speak on that for a moment because i mean through all of this we've had our growing pains you know for sure i mean anytime you're moving fast and you have high standards like we do there are going to be things that just don't go as well as you want them to or you know don't turn out the way that you expected them to and so what i've kind of learned through this process is that if there's tension if there's something that's just not as easy as you think it should be or you're not getting the results that you're looking for whether it's with your team or really anything in business then that means that there's you know area for improvement that that's kind of obvious to say that but when it comes to like as you're growing your team, so I'm speaking to the listener, as you're growing your your team, you're growing your business, you know, you're testing new things, you know, expect that there are going to be challenges, there are going to be surprises, you know, things are going to happen that you didn't expect to happen. There's going to be, you know, frustrations with a team member or a process or a software. But that's where you as a leader need to kind of approach it with a problem-solving approach where you're looking at the process for holes. So we've had issues, you know, where somebody does something we feel like is not at the highest quality level or they're not meeting the deadline. Something's happening like that. And that's where I will, you know, initially I might get frustrated because I, you know, I have the expectations that things are going to be done when I think they're going to be done. But then I'll, you know, I always try and like look above, you know, sometimes I'm more successful than others, but I try and look at the bigger picture of like, where are the holes in the process? What do we need to, like, what is being, you know, misunderstood? What is not being communicated? And so, you know, how can we work together to overcome this challenge so it doesn't happen again? And that's really the approach that we like to take. And, you know, again, it's not always perfect and there's always going to be challenges, but we try and come back to, you know, what is missing in order for us to all be on the same page as to, you know, how this fits into the business. And sometimes it's just because, you know, I communicated the task of what needs to be done and didn't say why this is important or, you know, what it's feeding into for the overall project. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, I think there are a couple of things that we do really well and that I've seen develop and really become established elements of how, especially us on the admin team, how we do things and how we're able to identify those kinds of issues early and work proactively to them. So I actually just made myself a little list. So one of them that I think we do really well and I love that we do is immediately after a launch or a very significant project or at the end of every 12-week year, we have a debriefing meeting where we'll sit down and we'll talk about things that went well, 
we'll celebrate all of the things that went well and that we're really proud of and big accomplishments that we had. We'll talk about the things that we would like to stop doing that we could have done better or that should not happen again if we were to you know, repeat this process. We did that after the challenge. We talked about very tactically about like, if we're going to do this again, we want to do it in this different format or like we'd rather communicate these kinds of messages a little bit differently or whatever the case may be. But we sat and we talked about very soon while it was still fresh, had that debriefing meeting to talk about the things we want to do more of, things we want to do less of, and things that we would like to... Now that we've got, you know, we've tried it and we've experimented, what other new ideas do we have? What should we be adding to this process that, you know, could make it even better next time? Yeah. And I've got to, I've got to give credit to Pat Flynn for that process too, because he does the same thing. This is where I learned it, that after every launch or project promotion, he meets with his team and they go over, you know, next time we do this, what should we start doing? What should we stop doing? And what should we continue doing? So, Mm -hmm. you know, what can we add that would make it better next time? What didn't work that we should never do again? And then what should we continue? What worked well that yes, we need to make sure we continue to do that. So that's what I just wanted to give Pat credit there. Yeah. And those three, I feel like those three bullet points of just like, what are we doing well? What should we stop doing? What could we add to this? Those three talking points are more than enough to have a really effective conversation about every aspect of a launch or whatever you're working on, right? Like there's, there are many pieces to every project you're working on, whether it's technology or it's, you know, communication, like you and I work very closely with all of the content. So like there's changes in messaging you might want to make or things like that. And then process-wise, what can we establish and turn into repeatable processes that we can use all the time? So there's many elements to doing a launch or doing a, you know, producing a course or even producing a podcast that all of those different aspects of how it gets done can all be addressed with those three simple questions of what should we do more of? What should we do less of? What could we add to this process? Something that you and I do every Monday when we meet for our admin team meeting as well is we always, at the beginning of every meeting, talk about last week and we talk about our wins, our challenges, and our lessons learned. And sometimes those conversations will, you know, they'll uncover a problem that we're having and it's very rapid, right? Like because we're sitting and having this conversation every single Monday and we're talking about what just happened last week, we can very quickly nip in the bud communication errors that are happening where, you know, you're asking me to, to complete, I don't know, you asked me to put a spreadsheet together of this kind of data. And I don't know why you asked me to do it. And so I'm going to put it together, but I may not be pulling the right kind of data if it's not communicated where this data is going to get used or how it's being used. And because we're having these conversations every single week, it doesn't sit there for too long with me going off in the wrong direction, right? Like we're able to kind of change course very quickly and be very agile because we're communicating early and often and we nip things in the bud very, very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Don't know how to end that sentence. But yes, I think we, we spend a lot of time on making sure that we're in really regular communication. You and I obviously work super, super close together. And so it's really important that I'm hearing what you're meaning to say, even beyond what you're literally saying. And so, you know, sometimes I'll ask a follow-up question, not because I don't understand necessarily, but I want to make sure I'm really getting clear exactly what the purpose of this activity is and whether this meets our goals right now. And now that you and I have built a longer relationship there's more room, especially for me to ask, to question if this is really a priority right now. And if you say, yes, it really truly is, 
awesome. Let's do it. We're going to make it happen. Sometimes the answer is it actually is not. Like you may identify a lot of really cool things that are out there in the world, but after we actually talk through it, it's not actually a priority. And we'll add that to our ideas list or we'll add it to, you know, our, we have a running document of tools that we should experiment with and those kinds of things that we might want to explore in the future. And sometimes those ideas do end up getting shelved for a later date, but we always try and record them and save them in case uh, they come up in the future or could be useful in the future. Yes. And one of the, yeah, I was thinking tools is something that comes up a lot where, you know, we love tools and things that, you know, might make things easier, might make a process easier or faster. But a lot of times, you know, the setup of transitioning and testing out a tool can be a distraction from your current goals and projects that you're working on. So that's where we will then table them, say, let's come back to them after, <laughs> after we're done with this next launch, after we're done with this, or let's, you know, let's revisit this for the next 12 week year. And so I want to talk about tips that we can share for our listeners around building your team. So the first kind of category that I have for you is around hiring. And because I've hired several team members over the years now, I've lost count. And you know, many have worked out amazingly well, as we've talked about. Um, and then others have, quite frankly, not worked out. And so I've learned a lot of things along the way. And I did talk about this a bit with Kayla in episode 65. But I have a few more ideas that I wanted to share with you around hiring. So when it comes to hiring, I really first of all, I'm looking for attitude and energy over skills and experience. And so this is kind of... I feel like there's kind of... I've heard different takes on this. So as far as my team, the way that we're set up, we have the ads team where my team and I manage ads for our clients. And then we have the admin team, which Sierra is a you know, very large part of where you know she's helping with the content and the website and the launches and promotions and the email newsletter and all of those things um, that help support the growth of the business on both sides. So we've got the courses and the coaching and the ads management services. So those are all of our offerings. But attitude. I mean, you can hear from... I'm going to put Sierra on the spot here. You can hear from her <laughs> that she's very committed to you know, helping see the, the goals and the vision of the business through. And she, you can tell that she is going to... you know, She doesn't know how to do something. She is going to figure it out. And she's not going to just you know, pass the buck. And she very much you know, takes responsibility for things you know, when they go well she's very humble and but then also you know if they don't go well then she's always solution focused and helping you know helping me or helping us figure out you know how we can make things go better next time so attitude is a key thing so we have an application process when we're looking to hire we will announce it to our email list we'll you know we may post it on social media and then if that's usually where we start just because now I've been in this, I've built up a pretty decent sized audience. And so we usually get really good feedback and number of applicants when we post that we're hiring through those channels. So that's where we start. And so in the application, I mean, what I'm looking for is what is their energy level? How excited are they to work with 
our team and in this role. Because a lot of times I'll see people are very excited because they, you know, if we're hiring for a Facebook ads assistant or ads tech role, they're excited to learn Facebook ads or they're excited to do more with Facebook ads, but they don't necessarily convey that they're excited to work with our team. And what we really want to see is they're excited for both because we are very much, you know, team culture is very important to us. And that's been important from from day one is that I want to build a team of people who are as excited about what we do and enthusiastic as I am. And the, you know, they're excited and willing to like, you know, head down, get things done, but also, you know, look for solutions, share ideas for improvement. And they're not just here to show up and get a task done. So that's really what I'm looking for is I'm looking for attitude, skills we can teach if needed. You know, skills are important. It is, it is one thing if, you know, somebody has the attitude and the skills that we're looking for, then that's going to be a great fit. But, you know, we've kind of learned over time that, the attitude is like the biggest piece and the skills are secondary. That doesn't mean that if you have no skills, <laughs> but you've got a great attitude that you're going to be a good fit for our team either. So I would just want to make that clear. But for me, looking for the person who's going to be the best fit for the team and you know, be enthusiastic about serving our clients and our customers in the best way, that's most important. Yeah, I think the qualities that most matter for for our team specifically, but I think it are, you know, if you're an online business owner and you are working in an environment where you're not necessarily seeing somebody face to face and you want to make a good hire, you need to look for a combination of skills. Like skills are good, skills are important. It's really especially if you are hiring somebody to do a skill, right? When we hired a podcast editor, it was pretty critical that that guy knows how to edit a podcast, right? So, you know, there are certain skills that you're obviously hiring for. But for us, and especially because we work so closely together and because we work so quickly, a lot of the time, it's really important that we are looking for that soft skill of, are you self-motivated? Are you good at maintaining yourself and regulating your environment in your, like, the rest of your whole life? Because, you know, obviously working on a team is part of your whole life. You know, I'm raising kids. I have a husband. I have a house. I do, you know, I've got lots of other things on my plate as well. So being on Team Flourish is a, a portion of my life, but I am good at regulating the how all of those pieces fit together and finding that balance to make sure that my work for Team Flourish is as excellent as it should be. While also my mothering and my, you know, role as my wife is also like where it should be too, right? So Anyway, I'm, I think that's something that has been very important for our team is being able to be self-motivated, self-regulating, to be an avid learner, somebody who's willing to take the time to maybe read an article or do a little bit of research to figure out how to do something so that they can know when to ask for help because somebody on the other rest of the team probably also knows the answer to the question too. And then being very humble. I think humility is a really big key Humility and integrity, I think, are those two keys that are really important, that you want somebody who's going to own their successes, but also own their failures, and to be honest and forthcoming when there is, you know, when things are not as good as they should be. And when you really, like, they need to be able to hear that, like, hey, man, you're going to need to step this up if you'd like to, you know, continue with our team. And to be able to receive that and know that it's about the quality of the work, like it's never a commentary on them as a person. And that willingness and ability to separate themselves from their work, at least to the degree that they can receive feedback and look at it themselves critically and say, what do I need to do to get this 
to where it needs to be in order to continue serving in this role or continue uh, working on these kinds of projects. That ability to take feedback and apply it and be proactive, to be humble in your successes and also humble in your, your failures and to own them when they do happen. I think those are all really, really important qualities, especially for here in this online environment, because we don't have the ability to sit there in an office you know, having a conversation face-to-face, right? I'm not seeing you all the time every day. I feel like I do because we <laughs> box and Zoom so much, but, you know, we're not there face-to-face. And so it's even more important that you're able to communicate effectively with somebody, you know, having somebody ghost the team and just like, you don't hear from yeah. them on Voxer or via email that's or in a, a big sauna, anywhere. <laughs> Those are, you know, that's that can be a really big problem. So you want to be able to, to make sure that you've got a good rapport with your team members. So... Other tips when it comes to hiring is, you know, as I mentioned, we usually start with our email list. I will reach out to my network if I feel like I know somebody who may know somebody who might be right from the role. And then also, as we talked about last week, Kayla's VA service, you know, or another service like that, or somebody, as Kayla said in episode 65, she mentioned, you know, somebody who's taken the time to go through, you know, and learn how to do whatever it is their role is. So if they've gone through a course like 10K VA, which is Kayla's course, or another similar course to really learn those skills and learn how to be an effective VA or you know podcast editor, as Sierra said, or you know whatever that is, that they've shown that application, um, that they're applying themselves and they want to learn to do the job well. So reaching out to those places would be my recommendation. And if you're just getting started with building your team, then I mean, what worked out for me was starting with a VA who can help with administrative duties. I've also heard in the more like corporate world or like small business, not online world, <laughs> that people will start with like a salesperson because they know if the salesperson, if they're hiring them on commission, then they're paying them when they're making money for the business. So that's one way to look at it. I think for us in the online business world, I think most of the time hiring with a VA you know, for just a few hours a week that can help take some of those admin duties off your plate is a good way to go. And then, you know, then think about more specialized roles, right? So as my business has grown, then I needed somebody specifically to help me run Facebook ads for our clients. So that's where we started hiring for our Facebook ads assistant role. And now as our business has grown, we've got these all these different projects and areas. We're able to be more specific about what kind of help we need. And so then we look for who can fulfill those duties on the team and help support that project. So in general, I'd say start with a, a VA who can help with you know, general admin duties. But then as you grow, you'll probably need to get more specific in what those roles entail. Yeah, we've been working through Clockwork. And that book by Mike Michalowicz is awesome, first of all. But that's something that he definitely recommends is, you know, if you're focusing on, if you've got a certain, he calls it the QBR, right? The, the queen bee role. You've got something that you as the business owner, you are the, the owner of, you. that's your passion and that's what you most love to do. I think starting with a VA who can delegate, you can delegate the tasks that you, that either you like the least or that are the furthest away from that QBR. That can be a really effective way to grow your team because you're finding somebody who, I mean, frankly, I love answering email. (laughs) I've come to really enjoy my time in the customer service inbox. I really enjoy uh, copywriting and it's not that you don't enjoy those, that activity or the you know serving your customers in that way but it's something that draws you 
it takes a lot of your time away from the queen bee role, that thing that you do so, so, so well. And so for me, I feel like it's, I'm very aware of how I fit into allowing you to really be in your zone of genius so that I can be in mine. Because there are plenty of tasks, whether they're accounting tasks, so they're managing the inbox or composing social copy or even scheduling things, right? Getting into your email host, like ConvertKit or whatever tool you may use and scheduling those things, making sure that all of the tech runs smoothly. There are people who are passionate about doing that, who really enjoy it and find a lot of intrinsic motivation and value in it. And so those are great candidates to to outsource because maybe it's not your passion. Maybe it distracts you too much from the thing that you're really great at, um, but it can really be something that they can thrive in and they can do their best work in helping you grow. Yeah. And that leads in perfectly. I mean, the next tip I have is don't be afraid to delegate. You know, I, I know that I have, I think I'm kind of, I don't know, I kind of am on both sides where it's like, I want to delegate, but I also want it done, you know, completely to my standards and, you know, done as well as I would want, you know, if, as I would do it myself. Right. And so I've definitely had those situations where, especially early on in the business, where something, I delegate something and it doesn't get done the way that I would like it to get done. And then I think, oh, it'd just be easier if I did it myself. Right. I think that a lot of us entrepreneurs can relate to that feeling of like, it's just easier if I do it myself. And then these mistakes wouldn't happen. But then you have to think about the opportunity cost of, well, then I'm not able to focus on what I really need to focus on to move the business forward. So that's why um, over the last... I think year or so, Sierra mentioned the book Clockwork by Meg McCallowitz. We have been my key team members. I have had them read Clockwork so that we can be working together to implement his strategies in Clockwork. The idea of Clockwork is that your business can run without you as a CEO like Clockwork. And so that means that you can focus on what you really want to focus on and where you're best positioned to help the the business grow. So that's moving me more into the CEO role as opposed to the I'm in all the things kind of role. So we've been working really hard on that. And I've been working more on, you know, delegating and then empowering the team to make decisions without me. They I, you know, I like to be informed. I want to know what's going on, but I want to empower them to make decisions without me and then let me know what things are going. And obviously, you know, if I disagree with something, I will voice that. But also you want to make sure, as he talks about in the book, that you are not, you know, coming down every time somebody does something differently than the way that you would have done that. And that's something that I'm working on. So this goes along with something Pat Flynn, I mentioned Pat Flynn a lot because he's my coach. He talked to me about captain's intent. And so captain of like the ship, I assume is the analogy, where you are declaring the goal and then empowering your team to make decisions about how to get there. And so that's what I'm trying to do more, you know, with I'm doing with a lot of little things about like, you know, whether it's managing our clients about like, you know, you guys tell me what 
the ads plan is. And I'll let you know if I have any additional ideas for how to support that. But my team at this point, we've done such a great job of building our processes and documenting them there that I have full trust in my team that they're going to you know, look at all the options that we have and be able to implement a really well-converting strategy for our clients. So, And then that's something... I mean, with every little thing in our business. So like one thing that's come up recently is our podcast process and, and putting together show notes and things. And so that's where you know I'm putting it on my team that you know I want you to figure out the best and easiest way for us to do this so I don't have to be in the weeds anymore you know and reviewing the show notes I know that they're going to be done and produced at the high quality and to be this great resource for our listeners so that they can come back and check out all the tools or resources that we mentioned in the podcast and you know get a quick snapshot of what the podcast is about to see if it's you know an episode that they absolutely should listen to so um, just being very clear on what the goal is so don't assign a task without also relaying the understanding of why that is important and how it fits with the company's goals. And another book, we like books over here on Team Flourish. So we've read we lots love of books. books on Team Flourish. I think so. Two books that have also talked about this is Radical Candor by Kim Scott and Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I think Dare to Lead by Brene Brown is where she has talked about like making it so clear why something is important that there's no question. So that you like your team members are producing what you are looking for because they completely understand where the request is coming from as opposed to you know i know i've gotten into moving so fast you know here can you put this together for me da, 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 you know or get me this information and then i get a piece of the information i was looking for because i didn't relay what i was going to do with it how it's going to feed into what i'm working on so just being really clear yeah i would say that that's um, something that we do really well and kind of segueing into communication and how to build those channels most effectively, I think, you know, you have to bear in mind what's going to work for you as a manager, right? So for, for our team, we use Voxer a lot and we use that app and it's on our phones or, well, you can use it on the computer as well, but I use it primarily on my phone. But you want to make sure that whatever channels of communication you're using are facilitating the kind of relationship you want to have with your team. So we move quickly and we like to be very clear about what we need and why we need it, right? And so Voxer does a really great job of allowing us to do audio messages. So Monica will come out of a client meeting and she'll have a bunch of information she needs to convey. She needs to, we've got a contract we need to revise and we've got an invoice that we need to prep and we're going to need to you know, get these kinds of campaigns going. And sometimes she's back-to-back meetings. She's got you know maybe five to 10 minutes between meetings. You don't have time necessarily to go into Asana, which is our project manager, and add to the contracts task make new contract and go to the invoices task and make sure that this invoice, that this information is conveyed and go like, there's lots of little steps that go along with doing that. You don't have time necessarily in between a meeting to be able to communicate all of that information. You can do it when you're sending it over a voice message. And then I or the ads assistant or whoever needs to be in on that conversation can listen to that, can hear the information you're conveying in your original words and go make all of those tasks that need to be completed. Make sure you have your review tasks so that you can take a look at it. And then if she has any questions, she can ask you really quickly, either via text, you can also type out answers. You can message via text or audio and ask that follow-up question, whatever the case may be. It's nice because you can listen back to it over and over again. You can save messages and listen to them again if you need to. 
So I find Voxer is a really effective way for our team to communicate so that you're able to get maximum information out quickly and timely so that we can start taking action so that by the time you're done with the next meeting, some of those thing, pieces are already in motion and you can you know, come at, away at the end of the day knowing that we are you know, getting these things actioned and, and moving forward so that start tomorrow, your next day is already a little bit smoother because we heard what you said and we're able to like listen to it and take action. Well, another popular communication tool that I know a lot of teams use is Slack, but I didn't go down the Slack route when, you know, determining how we were going to communicate because I don't know, I think there's like an additional plugin or something. I think Slack might have the voice component, but I don't think it's built into the native the native app. So that's why I didn't do it or maybe they added it now, but we've we've gotten used to using Voxer and but we do use Voxer kind of similar. So if you if you're familiar with Slack and you can create different channels for different topics and then you can have, you know, specific people in each channel. And that's that's exactly how we've set up Voxer. So we have a Voxer channel for each of our clients. So only the people who are working on that client's account are in that channel of communication. And then we have an admin channel. We have a podcast channel. We have a work with me channel for uh, our work with me process and our work with me page where people will apply to potentially work with us for our ads management services. And so we have a channel for that. So we're just containing the conversations in those channels. So that's the way that we've got it set up and it's working out really well. And then we'll, you know, we'll add people as needed to the channels. And then if somebody doesn't need to be part of that conversation anymore, then we'll remove them. And so that's worked out really well for us. Um, but then we also have meetings. I have lots of meetings on my calendar always. So I'll have client meetings, but I also have a lot of team meetings. And I think that they're all important. You know, I know a lot of people don't like meetings because meetings feel like they're taking you away from actually getting the work done. But we find that meetings, especially our team meetings, are really key for our communication. So we will check in via Voxer on what we're working on or questions pertaining to those you know, projects or clients. Um, but then we also, as Sierra has mentioned, we have a weekly admin team meeting. So we meet every week to talk about what we are working on and what we need to move forward. We try and save questions they can wait until that weekly meeting and just put it on the agenda. So we always have an agenda for our meetings in Asana. So Asana is our project management tool, as Sierra mentioned. And so we will have an agenda for every single meeting. So we don't show up to the meeting wondering what we're doing here. And so the admin team meeting, we take care of like, you know, reviewing cash flow and sales and customer support issues that, you know, can wait. A lot of our customer support issues we try and act on quickly, you know, throughout the week. But anything that can wait until that weekly meeting. And then we'll talk about, you know, how we're doing and moving toward our goals that we're working on for the current 12-week year from our 12-week year process. Um, so that's the gist of what we talk about in our admin team meetings. We also have monthly all hands team meetings. So the all since we have two different sides of the business, we have the ads team. You know, the ads team does not need to be part of our admin team meetings. It's a very different topic that is not necessarily related to them serving our clients well. So we have a separate ads team meeting that right now we're meeting about every two weeks to talk about changes and processes there, what our you know current caseload is as we're bringing on new clients, and who's doing what on the ads team. Any changes, of course, to Facebook or Instagram ads? We talk about there that 
their process improvements, things like that happen in the ads team meeting. But then, as I said, monthly, we have an all-hands team meeting where we bring both sides of the business together. And we like to give an overview so that everybody is kind of up to speed as to what we accomplished in the last month. So we talk about wins. We talk about client wins, student wins. We talk about you know how we're doing on our goals as a business. What else do we talk about in our all-hands team meeting, Sierra? Yes. Other things that we talk about in our all-hands team meeting are things like every single month, we go over our mission and vision statement. And you might think that, especially for someone like me who's been on the team since before those were as clearly articulated as they are now, that that might be really repetitive. But I find it actually to be very meaningful for reminding us why we're doing the things that we're doing and what the like bigger picture is of, of the effect that we're trying to have in the world. We'll talk about things like the amount of ad spend that we've managed in the previous month, uh, the growth in the our email mailing list and podcast downloads and our social followings. And all of those numbers, I feel like can be really weighty reminders of the size of the impact that we are having on the world and the sphere of influence that we have the power to help and to educate. I mean, it's something that a very regular mantra that we use on Team Flourish is that we help people who help people. Because fundamentally, Facebook ads are about taking a business and somebody who knows a thing and connecting them with that ideal audience that they best serve so that those people can then take action and learn or grow or build their own businesses or whatever the niche may be by using our knowledge of Facebook ads either directly for our clients because we're composing those ads or in the information that we share on our in our newsletter and on our social channels and here on the podcast, we're equipping people with the tools that they need to be able to make that change in the world. So for me, I feel like those numbers are really, really weighty reminders of just how effective we really are and how much we have grown over time to just watch those numbers continue to climb and become more engaged and more you know, we get a lot of really nice testimonials from people who say like, man, I just from listening to the podcast, I've learned so much about Facebook ads, so much about growing my team or, you know, building a business that's actually sustainable. Like we get some really, really nice feedback about from people directly, but just even seeing those metrics of how many people we're helping, I find them to be really, really motivating. Yeah. And I mean, the goal is to bring everybody together because again, team culture is a huge part of you know, what we're building here. Everybody is here to be part of the team. And we hire based on that goal that, you know, we want team players as opposed to somebody who's looking to get paid an hourly rate because they're doing tasks and checking things off their list. You know, that's part of it. There's things to be done, of course, but we really want team players. We're building a team together, even though we're all virtual and we're all over the country, you know, and everybody is a part-time virtual contractor for the team, except for me, of course, but we still have that team culture. So that's what we're doing there with our monthly all-hands team meetings. That's the goal there. And then we also have strategy meetings as needed. So these are the one-off meetings that we will schedule as needed. So I have a couple of people who've been with me on the ads team for a long time. They work with me on ads team strategy. How can we do things better? What ideas do we have to make our processes easier to you know ensure our quality level stays high? They'll share ideas about how we can improve, how we can serve our clients better. And so we meet periodically to go over that. And then we have, you know, anytime we're planning a launch, Sierra and I and anybody else who is going to be, you know, helping to support that launch will meet to talk about 
planning the launch and what we need to do to you know execute the launch. And then we also have our quarterly and annual planning meetings. So those are our 12-week year meetings, as we call them. So basically every 12 weeks is a quarter. And so we have those quarterly planning meetings and our annual planning meetings to talk about our goals at a higher level and how we're going to break those down to actually achieve them. Another thing that keeps us moving smoothly is our processes. And we I talked with Kayla in episode 65, Kayla Sloan in episode 65, a lot about developing processes. So I'm not going to go into all of our processes here, but I think if you haven't listened to episode 65, you should definitely listen to that episode. And we talked a lot about hiring, where to find hires, and how to build out systems and processes in your business to fuel your growth. So definitely check out that episode if you have not. And then just to wrap up some other resources that we wanted to share with you. Obviously, we've mentioned several books. We mentioned Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. We mentioned The 12-Week Year by Brian P. Moran. Dare to Lead by Brene Brown and Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Another book that we use is called Scrum by Jeff Sutherland. Scrum, do you want to speak about Scrum, Sierra? It's really like about project management. Yeah, I found that to be, as I was really stepping into more of the team management, as I kind of grew with the team, I found this to be really, really helpful because he talks about project managing as being less of a top-down water flow chart, like, I don't know, dictated from on high kind of project managing and more of a removing people's barriers to make allow them to work as efficiently and effectively as possible. And so he talks about having things like the daily stand-up meeting. And he says that shouldn't take more than 15 minutes to just say, what are you working on today? What's preventing you from being able to take action? Like what can you not get to until so-and-so finishes what they're doing? And having somebody from every aspect of the team in that meeting so that they can talk across each other and say like, actually, if you got this done, then I would be able to move forward on that and be like, okay, well then I'll make sure that this gets done earlier in the day so that you can take action earlier in your day so that, you know, it's a very effective strategy that I think he uses. And he makes some really clear examples from, he does a lot of physical work. So he talked about, you know, building a house and lots of different areas where this can be effective, but I found it to be really nice for our team. And I feel like that's what our kind of, every morning on Voxer, we have a little daily check-in and it's just two or three minutes of explaining what we're working on today and what our key priorities are so that then either Monica can say, actually, I really need you to divert your attention to this right now, or just to like remove barriers and remove obstacles that are preventing you from being able to move forward. So by making it really clear what we're working on at any given time. And I think that's something we got from Scrum. Yes, exactly. And those daily check-ins, that's also where I can kind of you know, be alerted as to like, okay, Monica, I am working on this today and I'm going to need you to review it this afternoon. So then I know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not surprised when I get the task in Asana and I think I'm wrapping up my day or something, you know, that I've got to review this so that they can move forward tomorrow on the next step of the process. So that daily communication is really key. And that's the purpose of that. We just do that on the admin side of the business to talk about the high-level projects. But I will share in those meetings or in those you know, check-ins about you know, what else on the ad side that I'm working on or what client meetings I have so that the admin team can be aware of what else is on my plate you know, that they're not necessarily seeing so that they, we can you know, work together to kind of balance my, my workload a bit and you know, put off 
as needed, you know, things that aren't urgent today, but then I can also be planning for them in future days. And something that's really helped us too is as far as productivity is having kind of these deep work days. So do you want to speak about that book, Sierra? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, actually, <laughs> Deep Work is another book you should read. Yeah, we have, uh, so we actually have it marked out on the calendar on Tuesdays and Fridays right now are Monica's Deep Work days. And those are days where, you know, as much as possible, you want to try and limit your boxing with Monica. Like, there are times, frankly, sometimes I just like to chat with you. So I'll send you a quick box when really I probably maybe don't necessarily need as much conversation or it could wait. So I try to be really mindful, especially on Tuesdays and Fridays. If it's if it's something that can wait, put it on the agenda, make sure that, that we follow up on that item, but I don't need to be pestering with you with that right now so that you can really focus any review items that you need. Tuesdays and fr- Tuesdays are a really good day for me to make sure that you've got newsletter to review so that that goes out on time, you know, for you to be able to script out podcast episodes and work on reviewing whatever content you need to do. And so we limit your meetings. We try to keep, you know, keep those days as free as possible so that you can really work intentionally. The theme of deep work is that your powerhouse of ability, especially in this modern age, especially in an online format, is your ability to create really unique and and novel things, right? And if you don't have the time to clear your mind and not be distracted with kind of administ trivia, right? Admin trivia. When you're not distracted with those other things, you can really innovate. You can come up with truly unique ideas. You can make progress on those really big, important, but not urgent activities that really like design and direct the business. and. So it's my job as somebody who works so closely with you to help limit how many meetings you have, how many people are bugging you in Boxer, uh, how many emails you have to actually like read and respond to so that you can get make those days as productive as possible. And then you're much more open and able to be available on all the other days. So I think that's something that if you're wondering how to manage your team, And you're feeling, especially if you're starting to grow your team, I know this is something that a lot of business owners will struggle with is feeling like, uh, like everybody's coming to me for the answers to things. And I can't ever, I can't ever actually get anything done. Like I, you know, I'm so distracted carving out a day or an afternoon or a period of time that your team knows this is my deep work time. This is time when, you know, I really need to be eliminating my distractions. It can be so effective in helping you to make progress on those really, really big gear turning activities with that while still being available to your team at other times of day. Yeah. And also I try and limit when I'm checking in on Boxer and when I'm checking in on email, because I those can be, can't, you know, I need to be responsive to my team, but I don't need to be checking in and listening necessarily right at that moment. My team knows that they can text me if something is urgent, which, you know, usually most things can wait maybe an hour or two until I check in in between a meeting or something. So just setting those boundaries for you as the CEO of your business is really important, but also communicating that to your team. And so that's what I've been working on also is, you know, being clearer on when 
I'm available when I need to have things to me by, you know, if it needs to get done today, then I need to have it to me by one o'clock my time. Of course, we're all in different time zones. So, you know, they can be mindful of that. And then I'm not feeling rushed, you know, that I'm wrapping up my day and, but I still need to get this one thing done so my team can move forward. So just, you know, these are things that you kind of learn as you go, but it's been really effective for us to, to make sure that we are staying on track as to achieving our goals and working together to achieve our goals and priorities. So I think that the biggest message is, you know, you want to make sure you bring the right people on the bus as Jim Collins states in Good to Great. That's another great book to read. But you want to bring the right people on the bus, but you also you want to make sure that they're in the right seats. And that's something that you don't necessarily want to be bringing somebody on and then test them out in this seat and that seat and this seat and that seat. But with Sierra's role, especially, she's evolved. You know, her role on the team has evolved based on her availability. And also, we kind of learned after she, you know, started with managing email and then helping with social media. And then we, you know, started having her do more copywriting. Then we kind of learned where her zone of genius is and where she likes to spend her time, but also where it makes the most sense for the business. And her team, you know, quite frankly, might look different, you know, a year from now. And as a young business, as a small team, we have that flexibility. We can be nimble. But you also want to make sure that you're finding the right people who are going to support your business in the right way. And that's something I think that we're always working on. But you know, fortunately, we've got a great team. The, our team members are just amazing. And I just love that I get to show up every day and know that you know the ads team is keeping things running and they're serving our clients at a high level. I know the admin team is keeping things running on that side of the business as well. And I get to show up and then insert myself where I need to focus to help move the business forward in the best way. So we just wanted to share today a behind the scenes of how our team is working and growing and you know the mistakes we've made, the lessons we've learned along the way. So I mentioned at the beginning, my goal, my first year of business in 2017 was to hit 100,000. And I hit 92,000. I almost hit that goal. It was very much a stretch goal. In my first year of business, I did not think that I would actually hit 100,000. But I almost did. And then the following year, I was able to over 2x the business. And so I think we two and a half times the business and then we've been growing ever since. So in a very short amount of time, we've built this multiple six-figure business. And of course, this is the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. We are on our way to seven figures. And it really is just a matter of time. But I am confident in saying that because I know we've got you know, great offerings. We have great products and programs for our clients and students, and we serve everyone at a high level. But I've also got this amazing team around me that I just am in awe of and so grateful for every single day. And so I just wanted to kind of pull back the curtain today with Sierra's help in sharing with you how you too can kind of take some of the learnings that we've experienced along the way and apply them to your business. And of course, your business may look drastically different from mine, but I hope that you take some of the lessons that we've talked about today and apply them in helping fuel your growth in your business. Anything else to add, Sierra, while we wrap up? Two things. One, there's another really good episode that I think if you're looking to hire on your own admin team, another good episode to listen to would be episode 16, where we interviewed Jess Lindgren from Pat's team. 
Um, she had some really, really good insights about what to look for in, especially an admin assistant that can be really useful. But also I feel like all of it, no matter what role you're hiring for, no matter how old your business is, just communication and clarity can be so effective in helping your team member find the right spot on the team and and really master the roles that they want to be in within your team and also to be you know get them on board and motivated and turn them into an integral part of your team so that you know I'm just as invested in Monica's success as Monica is. I feel like I'm passionate. I'm grateful for being on the team. I love the opportunity that I have to be able to raise my family from home and work in this capacity. I love being on such an agile team. I have learned so many things since getting to be in your sphere of influence. I mean, we were talking about books. Like, <laughs> I have a whole shelf of books that Monica has suggested to me that have been just so useful for me, both like a, in a business capacity and for my work with clients and also just for myself as a person. And you know, the more that you and I have come to talk to each other, the more I've been able to lean into your voice and your vision for the business. And it's really become something that I'm very, very passionate about. And I'm looking forward to many, many more years with you and some figures and beyond. Love it. Well, and thank you so much. I mean, for stepping in and, you know, Sierra and I have worked closely together now for two years. Obviously, communication is a big part of our success in doing so, but also the trust, you know, um, building the trust with each other and also being on the same page as far as our common goals, you know, with the business. But then also, I always want to make sure that the business is a good contribution to her life overall with her family and her goals there. And with all of my team members, I like to make sure that, you know, working with Team Flourish makes sense for their overall life goals as well. So that's something that I'm consistently talking with my team members about. So thank you so much for joining us today. Sierra, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Sierra will be back again in future episodes. But this has been really great to have this conversation with you and really fun. Thank you, Sierra. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. We covered a lot in this episode. And I'm guessing that you love Sierra as much as I do. So I've asked her to come back on a few future episodes. Sierra and I would love to hear your biggest takeaways from this conversation. Please share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 66 or tag me on Instagram. I am at Flourish with Monica. And since she is my content manager, she'll see your comments too. You can find all the links and resources that Sierra and I mentioned today in the episode at monicalouie.com slash 66. And thank you so much for joining Sierra and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then I want to let you know that my next live Facebook ads challenge is coming up. It's totally free. I've done a few live challenges in the past and they have been a ton of fun. And most importantly, the participants have gotten great results. And you can sign up to be the first to be notified at monicalouie.com slash challenge. And once again, it's totally free and we're gonna have a lot of fun. And if you're serious about conquering Facebook ads, then check out my signature training program, Flourish with Facebook Ads. This program is for those who are ready to implement a high converting Facebook and or Instagram ad strategy to grow and scale their businesses. You can check that out at monicalouie.com slash flourish. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. 
Once again, I'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned today in the show notes. You can find those at monicalouie.com slash 66. If you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast. It truly helps get the podcast found by more people. And subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, Sierra will be back with me, but we are switching things up. Now, that's all I'm going to say for now, but I hope you join us next week on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Flourish.